in ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And we're getting you set tonight with all the wagering and fantasy information you need for the NBA, MLB, golf. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. All right, welcome in. It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN on this Thursday night. And Major League Baseball is center stage. Why? Of course, NBA, NHL finishes in five. Um, so, uh, so Major League Baseball is what our entertaining factor is. And of course, you've got the Dodgers going at it tonight. It is the rubber match um, against the White Sox and uh J.P. Hornstra is joining us. You could find him, Southern California News Group, uh, covering all things Dodgers. The Dodgers to win tonight, minus 145. The over-under is nine. So, uh, J.P., first and foremost, thank you so much for, for kicking off the show with us. Appreciate it. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So, uh, so tonight, Michael Grove on the bump, 0-2 with an 8-2-8 ERA. But one thing I was reading heading into this matchup is the White Sox, uh, no bueno, not good against power pitchers. And boy, 44% of the, t- the, the time, he's throwing a four-seam fastball about 95 miles per hour. So I'm not scared to lay the 145, the Dodgers to win. Uh, talk about this pitching matchup, matchup for us tonight. Yeah, well, you've got Grove going for the Dodgers, Dylan Cease going for the White Sox. Neither of them is really off to the start that they wanted to have this season. Of course, Cease, the last couple years, has been one of the best pitchers in baseball. So I absolutely get where those odds are coming from. Uh, Grove was the guy who had to work his way back from Tommy John surgery, make it up through the minor leagues, finally made his big league debut last year, and He's probably only in the Dodgers rotation now because of injuries to Dustin May and Julio Arias. And you saw the ERA there. Uh, it's been a rough start, uneven start, I would say, for Michael Grove. But you're right, he does have a good fastball. This could be his night. Um, it's just been kind of a tough go for him, for Dylan Cease, and for the White Sox in general. So, so are you? So, did you say you're surprised with the numbers right now? At minus uh, at minus one forty from at oh, minus one forty five. It, no, I get where they're coming from. It's, it's because you're looking at the matchup between a relatively untested rookie and a veteran in Dylan Cease, who, like I said, has been one of the better pitchers in Major League Baseball the last couple of seasons, just hasn't quite gotten off to the start that he wanted to this season. But, I mean, he's a guy who is capable of going, you know, six or seven innings or more and, and really shutting down the opposition. Grove hasn't really even shown that he's capable of that. Like, I think if you were to talk to the Dodgers, They'd be happy to get five innings out of Michael Grove tonight um, and, and, you know, either be close to the lead or in the lead. Um, that's the goal for him. Um, but, uh, you know, Dylan sees, like I said, has not, I think he's got an ERA in the fours. So it's been an uneven start for him. Just a different couple set of standards for a guy who's already established himself as a major league pitcher. Um, he's going to come in as the favorite as opposed to the guy who just made his debut last year and has an ERA in the eights. I, I do like the Dodgers tonight, by the way. So, I, like I said, I, I'll, I'll lay the, the 145. Uh, and again, for folks who are listening out there, maybe you're not really big into gambling. What, what minus 145 means is for every $145 you're laying, uh, if you do win, you get back 100. The over-under is at nine. Is that surprising to you? Are you expecting a lot of, a lot of runs tonight? 
I am actually, um, you know, these are two teams that are not necessarily built around offense, but that's kind of the way that it has played out for the Dodgers this season, especially in the last month. The pitching really hasn't been there. They're going to give up a lot of runs in a way that we really haven't seen from Dodgers teams in the, in the past. Um, but they've been able to score a lot of runs as well. You know, you look at the top of their lineup, um, it's intact tonight. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith. Uh, the one interesting wrinkle tonight is that J.D. Martinez is out. J.D. Martinez has been one of the better hitters really in the National League, but he's 0 for his last 12 with eight strikeouts. Dave Roberts is giving him a breather. Um, they got Jason Hayward batting cleanup tonight, and Hayward's been okay recently. So I see the Dodgers as being capable of scoring a lot of runs, even without Martinez in there. And I, I got to feel that with Grove on the mound, they feel like they need to score a lot of runs. Maybe that helps them. Uh, and as for the White Sox, they kind of were built to score a lot of runs, too. Um, and and, and in a, more out of necessity, I think, uh, because their pitching staff beyond uh, Giolito and uh, uh, Bill and Cease coming into this season wasn't the deepest in the American League, um, but they've got some heavy hitters, um, guys who could produce. So uh, I I buy that. Yeah, I would probably take the over, actually. Yeah, I, I over tonight, like I said, uh, I, I do like the Dodgers to win. You mentioned Hayward. Hayward to get a hit, minus 160. Uh, Hayward to hit a home run is plus 550 tonight. Also interesting, uh, Grove over under five and a half hits tonight. Would you what 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 side of the coin would you be on there for Grove? What are your expectations? Yeah, I would take the over. I given the team that he's facing, I think that that's a team that um, could take advantage of him, even in a shorter start. Remember too that the Dodgers are uh, planning on throwing a bullpen game tomorrow. So that means they might be a little less quick to take Grove out of the game if he gets into trouble. So imagine that he gives up a couple of hits in the first, a couple of hits in the second, a couple of hits in the third. If Clayton Kershaw, for example, was starting tomorrow, Dave Roberts might say, you know what, let's just work our bullpen tonight, knowing we've got our ace going tomorrow, and and just uh, pull him if he gets into any kind of trouble early. Well, that's not at all the case. It's the opposite of that. So I think they're going to let Grove work out of trouble. I think that if he gives up a couple hits in the first, a couple hits in the second, but he's throwing up zeros, the Dodgers will be okay with that. I think it's going to be a high-scoring night. I think they're going to give him time to work out of trouble. I think even if he gets up, gives up, for example, six hits in the first three or four innings tonight, Michael Grove, if he's competitively in this game, he's going to give a chance, get a chance to go back out there again. I, I would take the over on that. I like it. So uh, first pitch uh, about to happen again. Dodgers minus 145 to win. Uh, We both, JP and I, do like the over at nine. Um, Grove over five and a half hits, thinking that he is not going to get a short leash. And Hayward, uh, just to get one hit minus 160. That's how um, I would play uh, this matchup. Really quick before we let you go, JP, uh, looking forward to this weekend, Friday through Sunday, uh, going up against the Giants. Uh, San Francisco's they won four straight. They're coming off of a, an off day on Thursday. Um, you know, as we know, you, you, you mentioned that this Dodgers team, uh, their bullpen looks like a bullpen game coming your way on Friday, as you just alluded to. Uh, but we know that this bullpen has been struggling. Your thoughts on the weekend series? 
Yeah, uh, you know, one of the better relievers this season has been Shelby Miller, and he's been dealing with a neck injury the past couple days. Dave Roberts would probably prefer not to use Shelby Miller and let him start Friday's game, not go four or five innings, but maybe up to three if he's being efficient. And I think that would set them up for probably the best chance of success against a hot Giants team uh, using the bullpen game which, again, because of the injuries to their rotation, it's kind of what where they're left. Um, but, God, the old cliche, the more I see the Giants play the Dodgers, the more it applies. You just got to throw the records out the window. You know, the teams, they're going to play each other close. They're going to be competitive. Uh, everybody's going to show up and, and bring their A game. Um, all of that, it's true. Um, the rivalry does really seem to bring out the best in both teams, and I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great series. J.P. Hornstrud joining us here on 710 ESPN. Before we let you go, give us an update in regard to uh, the, the injuries and, um, and and when we can expect, a, you know, Urias, uh, Muncy, Syndergaard. Uh, quick update in regard to when we can, you know, what's the timetable for a number of these guys that are on the I.L.? Yeah, you should see Muncie soon. I saw him out here taking ground balls and taking batting practice and, Hamstrings are a little scary because the guy starts running down the line and you never know when that thing might pop again. Uh, but he looks close as long as he's not like running at full speed, sprinting out of the box. If he comes back tomorrow or Saturday, I think that's realistic. Uh, I think out of those guys you mentioned, you'll probably see Urias next. Um, he does kind of have to ramp up, so there will be a rehab start or two in his near future. But he's a guy who I'm sure you'll see before the All-Star break. Um, I don't want to say sure, but uh, if if this is a betting show, I would bet money that he would be back before the All-Star break. And as for Syndergaard, boy, I uh, can't be too optimistic about what you've seen from him um, performance-wise. And I think that really, as much as anything else, is going to dictate when you see him come back from that blister injury. Um, the blister injury is kind of a minor concern relative to what's going on between his ears. Um, how he's going to be able to adapt to the stuff that he has now. You know, it's not that upper 90s fastball that he was throwing with the New York Mets. It's kind of lower 90s, mid-90s if he's lucky, and he just has to learn how to be that pitcher to succeed in this league with that stuff. He's really going to be going back to the drawing board, and I don't think he's going to be pitching for the Dodgers until he figures that out. So how long is that going to take? I don't know, but it's probably going to be at least a month for him. Uh, Just my off the top of my head prediction, um, you probably won't see Noah Syndergaard until the second half. JP, it's it's really wild. You know, when he was here and he was pitching for the Mets, man, he was uh, he was a rock star, Thor. You know, and uh, he couldn't even he couldn't even walk around the city without people just yeah. um, you know clamoring for him. Uh, what what a huge fall from grace it's been for Noah Syndergaard, that's for sure. JP, we so appreciate your time this evening. Uh, why don't you let the folks know exactly how how can they find you on social, Twitter, all the things? Yeah, uh, JP Hornstra. Hornster with two O's on all social media platforms. I will be live tweeting the game tonight on Twitter. Um, go find me on Instagram, Facebook, all those places at JP Hornstra. Fantastic. So JP, throughout the show, we're going to be following the bets that we're making. Again, Dodgers minus 145, the over of nine runs total in the game. Um, Grove allowing more than five and a half hits and Hayward with a hit. So please follow along with us. Let's have some fun. 
Sounds great. Thanks again for having me. Okay. All right. You got it. Enjoy the game. Uh, when we get back, I'll share with you. Let's talk about some of the futures odds out there for the Dodgers for the World Series uh, to win their division. Be about Arizona before the season began. They're sitting at 41 and 28 at the top of the National League West. We'll dive into that next. Anita Marks with you. It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. That would be me. So hopefully we've got you locked and loaded for the Dodgers game tonight against the White Sox. Throughout the show, we're with you for the next two hours. Throughout the show, I will keep you posted on the score um, and, of course, all the stats. And, and of course, I'm sure we're all hoping that Hayward gets a hit. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I do want to dive into some Major League Baseball futures bets. But first things first, we've got Tyler and Rebecca who are producing the show this evening. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, good evening. Good evening. Um, as you know, I'm, I played golf today. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a golf nut. I'm addicted. I saw you with the I was, US Open. I am. Balling out. I am I am ad- I am addicted to golf. Um but I always tell people like there's a lot worse things to be addicted to. Um so what's what's the vibe out there right now pertaining to the US Open? Like like oh, like do you know people who went out to watch the tournament today? Like yeah. what's what's the what's the feel? What's the vibe right now in around LA with the US Open out there? I mean, yeah, it's, I know, it's been uh, a minute our since very own the, Travis Rogers LA's hosted anything. And uh and Christopher Morales. I know they both were out there. I believe producer mm. Lindsay also made a trip out there. So yeah, they really? were Really? So were you guys you, you so so we you we broadcasted live from out there today? We uh, we did some hits. I know we I know for a fact we did some hits yesterday. Because they were scoping mm. out the territory, I know Morales was over there checking it out and and uh, hiking the terrain, uh, the very hilly mm-hmm. terrain of you know LACC. Um, but yeah, so I I learned I learned a new I learned a new word today th- this week, not today. I learned a new word this week. Okay, Baranca. Baranca. Okay. Am I pronouncing it? Am I pronouncing it properly? I've never heard. What does it mean? You live out there. What do you mean you've never heard of it? <laughs> Baranca? So it's, is it, maybe I'm not pronouncing it properly. It is the, it's the, uh, it's, it's the dry, um, <laughs> Anita, what is, is it? Is it another okay. word for grass? I am so confused. No, no, it's the, you know what I'm doing right now? I'm What's trying, that? I'm, I'm, <laughs> please I'm help us to, help you. Please help. Yeah. Help, help, help me. You guys help me. No, um, I'm look. I'm looking for my notes because I actually I hosted a golf show while here. Yeah, Baranca. It's the dry riverbed waste areas. Oh, I didn't realize they had a name other than dry riverbed waste areas. No, they're called. See, and it is, and I am pronouncing it properly. Baranca. Well, hey, the more I you was, know. I was looking. I was looking for my notes because I actually I hosted an, an a U.S. Open preview show from po- the poolside of where I was on vacation on Tuesday. So I I have these notes. So this is a big part of uh, the the L.A. Country Club. Yeah, is I, that I can imagine holes two and four have Baranca running through them, and the back nine have a lot of Baranca running through it, which is a dry riverbed waste area. 
So, and this is the first that, you know, I'm, I'm handicapping a golf course with Baranka. Huh. See, now you guys are learning. So I learned something new this week and now I'm, you guys are learning. Now I'm all kerfuffled because I didn't know what Baranka was. Baranka is. Now I know. So anyway, yeah, we had some people out there, uh, and they were talking about how hilly it was. I saw a video earlier of a guy who chipped in a shot that he was aiming 90 degrees away from the hole, and he chipped it in. That's how hilly it is. Insane. Um, so, so right now, at the top, so a few things. The top leaderboard right now, Xander Shoffley and Ricky Fowler are eight under. Um so they both shot a 62. Here's the thing for folks that are, are listening and, and maybe you don't follow golf. Maybe you don't know a lot about golf, but like the U S open, uh, the USGA, they pride themselves on making life miserable for these golfers. And the fact that these dudes went out and shot a 62 today. Oh boy. They are. Let me tell you something. Somebody here's somebody is going to get fired and probably um and, and from what i understand and by the way coming up on the show we've got keith stewart uh pga tour pro he's he's on with us here on bed la he's on with me on our golf show on sunday mornings uh i like to call him our eyes and ears on the ground because he travels around he goes to all these tournaments so uh, which is fantastic for us so keith stewart's going to join us in our second hour and i'm i'm the, the big storyline here is the course conditions because this is not a typical U.S. Open score. This is a typical U.S. Open score on Sunday, not on Thursday. <laughs> it's insane. And apparently the, the, the story out there is the rough and, and how it was mismanaged and also the weather that was very unexpected uh, here, there, here yeah, uh, in, in, Exactly. Exactly. So that really is the storyline right now. And again, for folks who don't follow golf, uh, these scores are insane. And trust me, the uh, the USGA are ticked off with how things unfolded today. So it's really going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward. So I'm thrilled to get Keith Stewart on the show with us. So uh, right now, and, and Ricky Fowler, full disclosure, one of my favorite golfers of all time, like pretty much uh, orange is my favorite color because of Ricky Fowler. Not that he wears it much often anymore, but nonetheless, uh, it is. Um, and uh, and if, if you saw me, if, if you follow me on social media and you saw my, my preview for the U.S. Open, uh, I, I definitely, I had Ricky Fowler finishing in the top 20, so I'm feeling really good about that right now since he's tied for first. Uh, some other guys that I liked coming in, Wyndham Clark, uh, DeChambeau, Tony Finau, uh, and, and Keith Mitchell. And so a number of these guys are towards uh, Victor Hovland. So a number of these guys are Cam Smith. A number of these guys are towards the top of the leaderboard, top 25. So feeling really good about my picks and my plays. Uh, with that being said, uh, let's just let's let's put a big fat and I like to call it a green bow, not a red bow. Green means win. Green means money uh, on our uh, our Major League Baseball talk. And again, I will keep you posted throughout the show, uh, the Dodgers White Sox game, the score stats, all of that. 
but as I shared, we uh, in, in looking at the Dodgers right now, odds to win the World Series six to one. The Atlanta Braves and the Rays are favored above them. The Braves are four to one. The Rays are five to one. Dodgers six to one. Astros seven to one. Uh, to win the National League is plus two ninety. To win their division is minus two hundred. So what does that mean? Again, folks might love listening to seven ten ESPN, but maybe you're not a huge gambler. Minus means you've got to lay two hundred dollars to win a hundred. So every two hundred dollars you lay down. In return, you get 100. Meanwhile, the Arizona Diamondbacks to win the division, plus 390. Guys and gals, uh, Tyler, Rebecca, you know, heading into the Major League Baseball season, what did I say? My favorite futures bet was the Arizona Diamondbacks winning more than 74 games. The Serpentines, I believe, is what you said, yeah. I'm I'm going to to double down. I think Arizona Uh wins this division. Whoa. Yeah. I do. Listen, they they just came off of a six-game win streak. They've won 12 of their last 14. They're averaging six runs per game. I don't see them slowing down. They've won 41 games already. So um, I, I, I really, like, I, I liked this Arizona Diamondbacks team coming into the season. I love them now. I love them even more. I love what we've seen. So, um, again, I, I think it's insane right now. Arizona is is at the top of the of the division right now, and yet you're still getting them at plus money. What are you waiting for? Plus three ninety. So um, I think the, the, those are some really interesting odds. Uh, like I said, Atlanta is favored to win the World Series right now with the books. They're forty three and twenty six. Uh, they uh, they just came off of a seven game win streak. And obviously are, are, are kicking butt and taking names in the National League East. Uh, the Rays, right behind them at 5-1. to one. What's been really interesting with the Rays, they're 50-22. and 22, So the first team in Major League Baseball uh, to reach 50 wins. Uh, they, you know, as we know, right, baseball is a lot. There's an ebb and flow to a baseball season. It's very long. We talk about it. Some people feel it's too long. And so it's it's pretty much impossible for a major league baseball team to 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 stay healthy uh, for all 162, right? Um, but what's really been interesting about this Rays team is like, okay, you're expecting the 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 ground to fall beneath them, right? And for them to take a step back or regress, up, oh, yep, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna suffer some injuries, and they do. But boom, reinforcements come in. And it's like lock and reload. They've got the second best offense in Major League Baseball. So just when you think like, oh, the Rays are going to take a step back, maybe the Yankees are going to take over the division. Maybe the Orioles are going to take over the division. And sure enough, it doesn't happen. So um, this Rays team is is quite frightening uh, because they I, I have not seen any regression yet, and not and and not sure not sure when we will. See some regression. So the Rays five to one. I'm I'm going to jump straight to the Orioles sitting there at forty three and twenty five. Fear the birds. Uh, Henderson has been just absolutely tremendous. They're they're forty three and twenty five, and they still have not even played, in my opinion, their best baseball yet. Offensively, they are just heating up. 
and uh, and and those those odds, the Orioles to win the World Series this year, thirty five to one. Thirty five to one for the Orioles to win the World Series. Uh, let's definitely talk about the Rangers that are fifteen to one. Number one offense in uh, in Major League Baseball. Granted, yes, they just lost Jacob Degrom to another Tommy John surgery, which really stinks for them. Uh, but they're forty two and twenty five on the season. Again, the Rangers to win the World Series at fifteen to one. So, with that being said, you know, Tyler, I'll I'll go back to you here. Um, you know, is is there is there a team out there right now? that you feel might be flying low on the radar. Like I said, I, 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 I love this Arizona diamondbacks team. So, um, I'm honestly I'm surprised right 30, that you 30 to one, dude, you have 30 to one for them to win the world series. You haven't 30 to talked one. about the Tampa Bay Rays at all. I just said the Rays. I, I, said, said, I, I, I said the Rays. No, I, I was, well, I talked about the Orioles after the Rays, oh. but my, my point about the Rays is, you know, I'm waiting for them to have some type of regression, and they don't. That's true. They'll suffer yeah. some injuries, and then reinforcements come in, and and a lot of the reinforcements are actually playing better than those that started the season. Yeah, like, they just got like, Fairbanks back. They, I mean, if anything, they're just getting yeah. healthier. They just got Glass now back. That team does not look like it's going to slow down. So if you mention the Tampa Bay Rays, I don't Rays, think so either. Um, five to one sleeper team, sleeper team. Maybe mm. you know, I might stretch out and say maybe Miami. I feel like the Miami Marlins are kind of flying under the radar. Their their young studs are hot. Jorge Soler is, you know, he's the guy that we thought he would be when he was in Chicago. Um, when they traded him away, I was actually pretty surprised, but it makes sense. They didn't have space in their outfield at the time, but he is doing really well in Miami. They just got A.J. Puck back. Um, their rotation is young and pitching really well, and supposedly they're going to be buyers at the deadline. So I think Miami could potentially be a sleeper team. And you can get them at 50 to 1. So my sleeper team is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Tyler's sleeper team is the Miami Marlins. And um, and, and again, watch out for Arizona. Uh, I, I Probably my favorite bet is for them to win the division at plus 390. I know that's not music to the ears of Dodgers fans. And I know it's kind of a joke. Anita bet against LA. I understand. I understand. Um, but, um, I, I guess, I guess that, I, I guess that, that reputation holds true on this show, uh, by the way, which, but I, I said, I said, take the Dodgers tonight at minus 145. Unfortunately, they're already down 2-0, uh, top of the second Grove though. We said, so a few bets that we placed, uh, to start the show, um, and it's still early. It's top of the second. White Sox are up now 2-0. Um, I still like the Dodgers to win this. Over 9. So the over is looking good, considering there's already two runs on the board. And we said Grove, over 5.5 runs. I'm sorry, over 5.5 hits. He's given up 2. He gave so up that's two where we stand right now with... Jacks. Right. To Eloy yeah. Jimenez and Luis Robert. There you go. Uh, we come back. We're going to switch gears here. Uh, we're going to talk some NFL. Never a bad time to talk about the NFL. Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network will join us. Uh, a lot of uh, speculation as to where DeAndre Hopkins is going to go. What's going to happen with Dalvin Cook? And let's do a deep dive into these West Coast teams. The Rams, the Chargers, and the Raiders. 
We're just, can you believe it? Somebody pinch me. We're five weeks away from training camps opening up. Are you guys aware of that? Yeah. Tyler, Rebecca, oh, are you guys five? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Five weeks, guys. Rebecca five and I weeks. Are, we are Rams people. We know when it's coming. Five weeks away from training camp opening up. Let's talk about it next, right here on 710 ESPN. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. Listen, there is never a wrong time to talk about the NFL, and there is never a bad time to ever have Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network uh, join us right here on 710 um, ESPN. So, Cynthia, welcome and great to have you on. Um, I really do appreciate your time. You know, it's, it's, I, I said it. I said it before. Like you know, NBA over in five, NHL over in five. I know we've got Major League Baseball going on, and and of course, I'm keeping everybody up to speed on those scores and whatnot. But uh, this show is more about the futures of uh, of what's to come with so many leagues, of course, out of commission. But uh, so let's dive into some of the big storylines, okay? And first and foremost is DeAndre Ho- DeAndre Hopkins, right? He had a cup of coffee with Tennessee. Uh, had a cup of coffee with the Patriots. He left there. Uh, he's saying, and the Patriots are saying, nobody's in a rush. Uh, KC and the Buffalo Bills are favored to land Hopkins at three to one. The Patriots at twelve to one. Tennessee's not even on the board. Uh, what can you tell us about DeAndre Hopkins? Where do you think he goes? You know, the funny part about DeAndre, I, I actually don't know that anyone knows, right? Like, I like the idea of Kansas City. That would be a lot of fun. And I really like the idea. I mean, we saw something strange happen. Obviously, Stephon Diggs, something sounded like it was up with Stephon Diggs earlier this week. So why not give Josh Allen more weapons to play with? But I, I think it's really, truly not decided. For whatever reason, I feel like this Patriot situation might come to fruition. I know that it's strange because, you know, with the impending suspension and stuff, like it, it, it would be an interesting note. And for a team where the quarterback is still developing, I, I don't know. Like this one's, this one's truly a mystery. It's just as much of a mystery as Dalvin Cook to me. Do you think Bill O'Brien being there has an, any bite to it? It always, you know, familiarity, especially in football, is tiny. Like, I'm sure on each one of those teams that we mentioned, if we looked through the coaching staff, like, like closely enough with a fine, you know, with a little bit more of like a fine tooth, we could find some connection somewhere somehow. But I do think it matters because Bill O'Brien, like, clearly knows how to use him. And it'll be interesting. I, I, but I, this, we know this, our football world is tiny and it could be anyone anywhere that like makes the decision. But I think, you know, money probably makes a, a pretty big decision as well. Um, uh, yes, you're absolutely right. And again, you could wager that, uh, that, mm-hmm. that DeAndre Hopkins goes to the Patriots at 12 to 1, 12 to 1. I, I mean, heck, throw $5 on it. Uh, you know, how much fun would that be? Um, Dalvin Cook, another question mark. Hmm, where is he going to land? Last week we saw him post a, a photograph on social media, him uh, on the Miami Dolphins field. A lot of people feel that he will end up with the Miami Dolphins. There's a lot of love for the Miami Dolphins heading into this season. What are your thoughts on Dalvin Cook? When I look at Dalvin Cook, I feel like, first of all, the timing is interesting, right? This is like the first year I can remember where 
do really, I mean, obviously a suspension with DeAndre Hopkins makes a difference, but, you know, Dalvin Cook, that release feels like it could have happened a lot earlier, maybe should have, and things would have, you know, trickled down a little bit differently. But remember, we still have other people. Like, where's Zeke going? Like, this running back market feels very rich with guys who are, you know, I think Dalvin being obviously the, the premier one here, but there's a lot of different people who go to a lot of different places. And it, I, I actually think some of it won't get decided until we start to see how some injuries net out or don't net out. Because, you know, we even saw today, like, you know, I, I saw Sean Payton say that, you know, he hopes that Javante Williams doesn't start the season on, on the pup list. So I, you never know, right? Like, I think some of these teams that have a need could swoop in and kind of shake out the running back market that we aren't even anticipating. It will be interesting, that's for sure, right here in my own backyard in regards to what's going on with Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, he wants a long-term deal and, and some significant money. Uh, the the uh, the Giants are like, we feel that what we've offered you is fair. Um, they have until the 17th to uh, to figure out what's going to happen here. What what are you hearing with what are you hearing with Saquon Barkley and the Giants right now? You know that one. I think gets sorted. I think this is like a like a, a staring competition, right? Who's going to blink? And I don't necessarily think there's going to be more money on the table. I don't think that Saquon, from what I'm hearing, I don't think he's asking for something that's ridiculous. But I also think that the structure and the way that things can, you know, the, the way that you can see the back ends of contracts, avoidable years, et cetera, I'm sure that they'll have to find a creative solution with that because, you know, coming up against the cap is always a question mark. And when you have a franchise tag and you have all these different opportunities to make use of certain financial instruments in the, in the football world, I think it'll be different, but I, I don't, if I'm a Giants fan, I'm not worried that he won't be there. I just think it's going to come down to the wire. It's a little bit of a nail biter. Cynthia Freeland joining us here um, on ESPN. All right, uh, let's uh, let's let's do a deep dive into a number of the West Coast teams, and let's start obviously with with the, the Rams. Um, Stafford not coming in the season with an elbow injury was able to participate in OTAs. Um, so so that's a positive. Obviously, the offensive line was a big issue for them last season. What, what are your realistic expectations for this Rams team this season? Playing in the NFC West, I like Seattle in this division. I'm not sold on San Francisco because I think there's too many question marks about the quarterback situation. But what, what's your take on the Rams this year, Cynthia? I think, I think that the Rams are going to play spoiler in a couple of games, but I would consider this to be a, a rebuild, more of a rebuild year than a true, you know, a, a year where there's a threat that they're going to start to, you know, try to take dominance in the division. I do. I'm with you. I, I feel very much like Seattle has made a lot of good moves. To me, it's between Seattle and the Niners. We, as we get closer to camps and understand health and, you know, we really get closer to the start of things as opposed to it's not even July yet. You know, like we're in June still, we're in the middle of June. So, you know, I, I think it'll be between those two, but, the, the Rams, to me, I mean, corner, they didn't get a chance to really address a lot of the positions that they lost. Like, you know, it's very hard to replace Jalen Ramsey, even if you have all of your full resources available to you. And, you know, obviously they paid a lot of money in order to be able to make their Super Bowl team and, and, and it paid off for them. But it does leave you a bit, you know, catching up to your cap in other seasons. And that's just where I think we find ourselves right now. A little bit of catch up to the cap, not maybe their their best season and I think they do play spoiler a couple of times in some games as opposed to really being the threat themselves. 
by the way, for the Rams uh, to win the Super Bowl 65-1, to 1, obviously you're not going to lay that if you do believe, and I do with Cynthia, <laughs> that this is a rebuild year. Uh, for them to win the division is 8-1, to one, over under 6.5 wins. Curious, that's pretty low. If you feel that they're going to play spoiler, would you play the over there? Would you, th- you think the Rams can win seven games, Cynthia? I think they can win seven games. That's just one that, like, that's like, it feels like a needless nail-biter to me. You know, I think there's other things that are I'd rather think are, are better. I think that's, that's about right. I think seven games is about right, but it could take you a minute to get there. It will also, like, truly, that O-line situation is, is not great. And six and a half is low. So if you're a Rams fan, that's where I would look. Don't try to get cute with winning the division or certainly not with the Super Bowl. But, you know, you can, you can think about things like that. Like, I, I think that'd be the smartest of all of the, the things to, to count on. The Chargers, uh, again, I think Justin Herbert obviously getting a deal done will, will be a big storyline. Love the addition of Quinton Johnson, wide receiver from TCU. Um, I know there was some talk and speculation that Eckler would not be a part of uh, the team, but of course now he is. Defensively, if they could stay healthy, could be a top five defense in the NFL. You're looking at the AFC West. I think Denver is going to surprise some folks. Obviously, everybody's expecting Kansas City um, to, uh, to to win the division. For the Chargers to win the Super Bowl, it's 25-1. to 1. For them to win the division is plus 340, and their over-under win total is 9.5. What are your expectations for the Chargers this season, Cynthia? You know, I, I think that win total is low. I think that they're, given they're out of, like the – not necessarily their division is, is, is challenging, um, but I, I think that their non-division games, I think, you know, if they stay healthy, it's just something about the Chargers. Every year I feel like we're saying, on paper, this team looks like it should do so many amazing things. And then it always <laughs> happens. Like, every year I feel like we say the same thing over and over again. So, sure, if they can stay healthy, now that is a team to be a force to be reckoned with. But I, I'm almost to the point where, like, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, like, I just, I, maybe I'm just getting, you know, hardened to the, <laughs> but I, I just, it's wild. It, every year we say the same thing. This, I feel like I could have had the same conversation, like, four or five years in a row. Like, it feels like all of the pieces are right there, and yet somehow it just doesn't come to pass. Last but not least, let's talk about the Raiders because we know there's a ton in L.A. What's the what's what's the deal with Jimmy Garoppolo? How serious is this injury? I know there's been a lot of talk in regard to the contract and could it be null and void? Brian Hoyer is the backup there. They add Jacoby Myers as well as Austin Hooper. Um, you know, defensively, I, you know, obviously they're going to be able to get to the quarterback. What are your thoughts about Vegas, and, and, and what are your expectations for Jimmy Garoppolo this year? I think Garoppolo will be okay. I don't think he's going to be lighting the world up. I don't know if, um, you know, I, I, the, the void in the, that whole thing, I, I don't know. That, like, that's like for a doctor to determine. I, I have no idea about that. But I do know that their <laughs> cornerback situation is wild, and I don't know who's going to stop, who's going to defend passes. Like, if they don't get to the quarterback, then what's going to happen? Because I just don't see a world where that, you know, like I, you know, the, the pass rush is great. And I, I, like, I have so many nice things to say about Max Crosby, but good, goodness gracious, like, what are we talking about here with the, like, secondary? There's some messes there. And 
they're not necessarily a player or two away. They're they're more than that away to be, you know, really contending. It's it's a bummer because obviously the Super Bowl is in Vegas, so it would be fun if they were at least in contention. But I don't think this is a sneaky playoff team like they were a couple of seasons ago. So again, uh, Vegas, some pretty deep odds: sixty-five to one to win the Super Bowl, eleven to yeah. one to win the division. Over under win total, Cynthia, seven and a half. Oof. But it's it's wild to me that that's higher than the Rams number. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I know they don't play in the same division, but just like the context of that feels wild to me. <laughs> I don't know. I that that one feels like. Because if it's if it, it does end up being Brian Hoyer, that could be difficult. You know, like I like Brian Hoyer. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if 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 that's really what I don't know. And I don't even know if we're done acquiring pieces. Like what I don't know. This, this is that team I don't understand. And and maybe maybe not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> Cynthia, you rock as always, my friend. Thank you so much for spending some time with us, uh, taking a deep dive into some of these West Coast teams. Really do appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. I hope to see you soon, you girl. It. Have a good summer and take some time. I know. Off. I know. Harder than you. No, oh, I think I think you and I are in the same boat. Really do appreciate it, Cynthia Freeland. You could see her all over the NFL Network uh, when she's not uh, on vacation, and, and God bless that she is. Um, <laughs> uh, have a great night, Cynthia. Appreciate you. When Thanks. we get back, I want to take a look at at, at some of the uh, the Week One uh, lines that are out there. Uh, we'll, we'll do that next. Let's have some fun with that right here on Bet LA seven ten ESPN. Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. Talking some NFL. Uh, like I said, it, it's it's uh, it's crazy to me. Um, the season's going to be here before we know it, uh, so it's always fun to uh, do a deep dive and and, and of course uh, look ahead. Uh, coming up, hour two, we've got Own Youngman Souk who's going to be joining us. We'll recap the Denver Nuggets winning. Uh, the NBA championship in five, which, uh, which uh, let me ask you this, Tyler, Rebecca, you guys there? <clears throat> yeah. Um, what was, what's more impressive? The fact that I called the Miami heat in seven over the Boston Celtics or the fact that I called the Denver nuggets in five. I also, if you recall, and again, I know I'm going to get ripped for this. This is not bet LA. It's bet against LA, but I did say that the Denver nuggets would sweep the Lakers, uh, but also I did call the, for the Denver Nuggets to win this uh, championship in five. What, what, what's, what was the most impressive to you? For me, the most impressive was Miami um, in seven. In seven. Yes. Yeah. I think that was, that was probably more of a stretch at the time than Denver winning in five and winning the whole thing. Uh, I would agree with you. So uh, Om Youngman Souk, who uh, was covering the Denver Nuggets throughout uh, the postseason and, of course, their uh, their final series against Miami is going to join us. We'll look back and we'll look forward. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Lakers and the Clippers. Uh, we've got a lot coming our way over the summer. As you know, you follow the NBA. You know that uh, things get insane in the summer in regard to free agency and 
and whatnot. So I uh, thought it'd be great to have Ohm Youngman Souk join us. Uh, also, Keith Stewart's going to join us. He's eyes and ears on the ground out there at LA Country Club. And Ricky Fowler and uh, Xander Shoffley at the top of the leaderboard at eight under as we get ready for round two. And Joe Fortenbaugh uh, from Daily Wager, one of my partners in crime at Daily Wager, joins me to preview UFC that's coming our way on Saturday night. So still all of that headed your way in the second hour, but we just heard from Cynthia Freeland. And so I wanted to take a look at, at some of the week one lines that are out there and, 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 and have the conversation in, in regard to, you know, what I find interesting, like training camps haven't even started yet. Yes. OTAs start, you know, we had the OTAs and now all the teams are on their quote unquote vacation guys have five weeks off. Um, you know, they sat down and they got the pep talk. Listen, don't do anything stupid in the next five weeks. Behave yourself, <laughs> um, which I'm sure is always a fun conversation for coaches to have. Um, but before we know it, the end of July, rookies have to show up. Training camp starts and then August, we know preseason games as uh, useless as they are. And um, and before we know it, that first Thursday night in September is going to be here. And that first Thursday night game is the Detroit Lions going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. And so Kansas City's at home. They're favored by six and a half. Doesn't this line seem weird to you? Like I, and, and like, I, I get it. Everybody's Google Gago about the Detroit Lions. And I am as well. I do believe the Detroit Lions win their division with no Aaron Rodgers now in Green Bay. I'm not sold on the Bears uh, and Justin Fields. I'm just not. And, and I, you know, I, I think the Vikings can can upset the apple cart here. Hmm. But I do have the Detroit Lions winning winning the division. What were you going to say, Tyler? I was just uh, I was listening to what you were saying about Detroit. I think, uh, I, you know, I think they're going to be the Detroit Lions again. That's all. But don't you think this is interesting? Like, don't you, this line, six and a half, home opener, Kansas City, celebrating their Super Bowl win. You think six it's low? Six and a half? You think it's low? I think it's low. Yeah, I think it's I low I think too. it should be seven and a half. Yeah. I think it should be seven and a half. Yeah, I think Kansas something City just doesn't smell. probably beats them by two touchdowns. Right. Yeah, I think that number should be higher. Something just doesn't smell right here to me. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, then Sunday, uh, we'll roll around. This is probably my favorite line of week one. And that's the Baltimore Ravens at home favored by nine against the Texans. Oh. Now that's, that's, now that's a true, that like, to me, that's, and I'm jumping on that now because I think the Ravens are going to destroy the Houston Texans, right? They're going to, they're rolling yeah. out with a rookie quarterback. Mm hmm. Um, the Baltimore Ravens at home now a, a more balanced than offense. Before. They yep. draft, they drafted Fowl, uh, Fowler. They um they brought in uh, OBJ Odell Beckham Jr. Mm -hmm. Who knows this this could be a landing place for DeAndre Hopkins. Sure, and, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility. Other people out there too. Yeah, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott. Don't rule them out. So. It might be my favorite line right now. I think the Ravens destroy the Texans week one. And I'm jumping on this now because, like I said, by kickoff, I wouldn't be surprised if this goes up to 10, 10 and a half. Um, I'm looking at some other lines here. Uh, the Jags going up against the Colts in week one. 
Now, this is really interesting because everybody thinks that Anthony Richardson is going to come in and be the starting quarterback of the Colts. I don't. Hmm. I think it's going to be Gardner Minshew. And don't forget, Gardner Minshew was drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. And he was the starting quarterback for Jacksonville for a while. That's where he became Gardner Minshew. So right now, Jacksonville minus three and a half. What I would do here is I would buy the hook. I'd buy Jacksonville minus three. I, I like Jacksonville a lot. I think Jacksonville is going to run away with the division. And um, and and I think I think this is going to be a rebuilding year for the Colts. I think they're going to start off with Gardner Minshew as their starting quarterback and eventually work their way into Anthony Richardson being the starting quarterback. And I think the Jags roll in week one. So that's what I would do. It's a three and a half right now. You can buy the hook right now. That's what I would do. Okay. Um, Arizona going up against Washington. I have no desire. Uh, this is an interesting line. The Cincinnati minus two and a half against the Cleveland Browns. Hmm. I love Cincinnati this year. Cincinnati's my Super Bowl pick this year. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely top five safe bet for sure. Um, but the fact that it's only two and a half. Yeah, kind of low. I, I, I like it. I like it. Um, and I'll leave with, and, and we'll, we'll end on this one. And this is another one that I really like. And that is the Pittsburgh Steelers at home getting three against the 49ers. I don't believe Purdy's going to be ready. And also I think, I think last season was an outlier season for Purdy. Trey Lance is, is, is not ready for sure. And so, you know, Sam Darnold might be the starting quarterback week one for the 49ers. And I think the Steelers team is going to be a lot better than they were last year, especially with Kenny Pickett coming into his second season. So I like the Steelers getting three. If you want to buy the hookup and get them at three and a half, that's what I would do. So those are are three of my favorite lines looking at week one of the NFL season. I know we're a ways away, but like I said, it's always fun. It's always fun to talk some NFL. Uh, When we come back, we will switch gears. We'll talk some NBA with Ohm Youngman Souk next, right here on 710 ESPN.